welcome to get on up and, and grab as much as you want. I just want to take a few minutes and, like I said, just talk about, about friends. And, and here's why. The way I guess I, the reason I want to talk about friends is for really one reason. And so in my job as a junior high, high school, and even young adults pastor now, I get the opportunity, right, to meet with just tons of different people. And um, one thing I've learned is over the years of me doing it, I've had thousands of probably conversations with thousands of different people. And one thing I've learned is whenever I get to meet with a junior high student, high school, or young adult, and their lives start to get kind of crazy, and more often than not, when their lives are getting crazy, that normally means they're pretty far off from God. They're doing things they never thought they would be doing. And more often than not, what really begins to happen is kind of very the very same thing. I'll ask them, okay, where did the wheels go off in your life? Or what really happened to you? How did you get to this point, right? Where did the wheels come off? And almost with certainty, at least 99% um, of the time, they all start the very same way. And they start with these few words. I had these friends. Right? I had these friends. These friends started influencing me to drink or to party. Or in high school, I hear they started, you know, getting me to vape or whatever it is, right? Which is pretty embarrassing. But whatever. Now, I'm willing to say the same is probably pretty true when it comes to a lot of you, right? You probably started to do some things, say some things, hang out with certain people, either when you were younger or even today. And because you had these friends, you're doing things, saying things, becoming someone you never thought you would become. You guys remember D.A.R.E.? In like sixth grade, it was like you would like, I don't even know what it was, it was like an acronym for something, right? Like drug awareness, resist, whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever it's standing for. Um, where you get those little like red bracelets or whatever it was. You got a free what? Slurpee, cool. He's like, I got a free, like, blunt with that. I was like, well, that's not what they're for. Um, <laughs> so, so here's the deal, right? I've learned that, like, so often we'll make statements, like, I'm never going to do X, Y, or Z. But then we start hanging out with a group of people. And because we're hanging out with these people, they're influencing us to do things, like I said, we never thought we would end up doing. And so we have been in a series entitled Flirting with Disaster. And what we've been talking about is kind of, we started it last week, is this idea that you and I actually flirt with things that actually have the capacity to do deep damage in our life. And so today I want to talk about our friends, the people that you're hanging out with. And I'm not making the assumption that all of us have friends that have the potential to lead us astray, but some of you probably definitely do. You have some friends in your life that, that have the capacity um, to do some damage. And I'm not just talking about people who aren't, aren't Christian right, or whatever that may be. I mean, uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of people that, that call themselves Christians that have pretty toxic mentalities, and as you surround yourself with those people, they actually have the capacity to do even greater damage than people that could influence you to do something that, yeah, you didn't, you didn't want to do. So back in elementary school, um, I, had a, I had two buddies named Steve and Andrew, and, uh, and one Saturday morning after watching the best show ever, Rocket Power, um, they had a brilliant idea to go over to the park and, and to like light a huge bonfire um, on, on a tree. Now, uh, fourth grade Matt thought, not a good idea, right? Like, probably not a good idea, but for some reason, they peer pressured me into it, so I said, all right, whatever. Now, eventually, right, we, we spent an hour or so, like, getting, like, like pine needles and a, just a bunch of random other stuff building this kind of huge fire. And so we finally build this fire, and it gets out of control. Like, it gets way out of control, and I am freaking out, right? It starts to catch a very specific branch on fire that over, overhung my neighbor's house, and so I'm thinking, dude, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to fall off that. It's going to light up on, on the, the house. And then, you know, my neighbor's house, the whole neighborhood's going down. It's just going to be, it's going to be a disaster, right? So I'm panicking. I'm freaking out, right? Now, my buddy Steve, Andrew, like, bolted. I don't know where he went. He, like, dipped off. He ran away. I had no idea what happened. But my buddy Steve runs back with a bucket of water, right? And he, he pours it around the fire. I'm like, bro, you got to pour it on the fire, right? So he runs back. He fills up his bucket. I'm, at this point, freaking out. It's probably, like, 12 feet high, the fire at this time. And I'm running through the fire, like, and I'm wearing these, like, nylon. Oh, I spilled something on my pants. Um, I... I like, I'm running through the fire, right? Like, I'm wearing these, like, like Adidas 
like track pants, you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of made of the material that this is made out of. So by the time I'm like, I've, I'm just running, I have no eyebrows, like basically like it's turned into spandex, right? It's like squeaking as I'm running through the fire, right? It's like burned hair in, I'm wearing, it was weird, right? So I'm running through it. Steve runs back, but he falls about five feet short of where I need him to be. And so he dumps all of the water on the ground. I'm like, you idiot, go get more water. Now, I guess at this time, the fire was so big, there was a guy, I still remember his name, it was David. He was driving by on the street. And he saw the fire was so big, and he's like little kids like running around freaking out. So he actually like slammed on his brakes, got out of his car, ran over to where we were and stomped out the fire, and all was well. We were all safe. Well, not all of us, because the reality is, I know you're eating, so forgive me for this part of the story. Um, if you get grossed out, I'll, I'll make it the least cruel as I possibly can, um, crude. So I guess when he slipped, he was so scared that he ended up crapping his pants. That's literally what happened, right? And so although it was a scary moment, I was like the most hilarious moment of my life. I thought it was like hilarious. And it's a true story. Now, I tell you that silly story really to communicate this to you. It's a silly story, yeah, but I tell it to you to really communicate maybe this truth or this idea. Our friends, your friends, they have influence over your life. They very much do. And the truth is, I think I have a slide for this, is your friends will never leave you the same. And I need you to know that. I need you to understand that, that your friends will never leave you the same. They're either going to make a positive impact or a negative impact in your life, but your friends will never leave you the same. And see, God knew this when he created you and I to be in relationships. God knew that if you and I um, surround ourselves with the wrong people, it really has the capacity to take you off the trajectory that God has for your life. And so today, that's kind of what I want to talk about. And God knows that, and this would be something, I, if I could sum up what we're going to talk about today in one maybe sentence, it would be this. God knows that who we choose to surround ourselves with has the power to determine our future. I can't, I can't begin to communicate to you how important that is. Yes, even at your age. You probably heard this message if you grew up going to church in junior high and high school, but even as young adults, it's equally as important, and if not more important. I've done a series way back when that was entitled, I'm Choosing Tomorrow Today. And I said that when you become 20, really to the age of 30, those are the 10 most important years of your life because you're setting up the trajectory for the rest of what your life is going to be like. I gave you the analogy, which was like, you guys are like an airplane. We're like an airplane. And the smallest change now has drastic implications of where your landing zone is going to be at some point in the future. And that makes sense. And so who you choose to be in your inner circle, who you choose to help craft your worldview, the way that you're going to view the world around you is of utmost importance. I love the way that Paul said this in the book of um, 1 Corinthians. He says this. I think I have the, the Bible verse for you guys. It says, don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. I love this. And the reason I love this is because I want to insert the term might. Like bad friends might destroy you or if you hang out with them enough. But notice the certainty that Paul uses here. He says, bad friends will destroy you. And if you're anything like me, you think that a principle doesn't really apply to you. You think, well, no, it applies to other people, right? Because I'm too strong or I'm too crafty or I'm too intelligent, whatever it may be. So when I see things in my life kind of going astray because of the people I'm surrounding myself with, I'll start to distance myself then or, or whatever it may be. And a guy in the Bible named Samson thought the exact same thing. Now, the reason I love the story Samson's because it's such a silly, like, Bible story that you probably, if you grew up in church, learned, but it actually has such incredible deep truths, just like the story of Jonah that we journeyed through a few weeks ago. For you and I today, regardless of your age or, or your biblical understanding or, or whatever it may be. See, Samson, he thought that he could hang out with pretty bad influences and kind of come out okay. He didn't see that, he didn't really understand how the equation works that if you hang out with bad people or bad friends, they're going to influence you negatively and have a huge drastic impact on your future. And so let me kind of set the story up for you. So before Samson was born, an angel came to his mom out in the field and said, hey, 
Um, God is going to gift you with an incredible baby boy. We want you to name him Samson. She's like, all right, well, what's going to be so incredible um, about him? And she's like, well, this, little, this, this kid is going to be awesome. I mean, little kids are going to, you know, they're, they're going to want to be this guy. Justin Bieber has got nothing on this guy. Taylor Swift someday is going to write songs about him, right? This guy is going to be incredible. But bottom line is your son, he has the potential to change the world. He has the, he, this, this, this baby boy that's going to grow up named Samson, he has the capacity, the ability to change the world. Because God is going to bless you and bless him so incredibly, there are some principles that he must stick to, right? He's going to be different. He's got to be set apart so that God knows or so that people know that, that God has a certain plan on his life. And so these were called the Nazarene vows. Now, there are actually four of them. Most of us actually only know the first three. But here are, the, here are the four of them. Number one, alcohol was never, uh, he was never allowed to drink alcohol. Number two, um, he was never allowed to cut his hair. I don't know why, but that was like a thing. He was never allowed to cut his hair. And then number three, he must avoid dead things. But the last one is maybe the most important, and it's this, that Samson's only allowed to associate with the people of God, people who love God. Those were supposed to be his, his friends, the, people, the person he marries someday, right? All of his groomsmen, that, the, the, the people that were loved God were supposed to be his inner circle, and these people were known as the Hebrews or the Israelites, the Jews. That was the people that he was supposed to surround his life with. Now, you've got to ask, why would God include this rule? It's kind of like an obscure, odd kind of rule. Why would God, before this baby even had a heartbeat, declare that he was only supposed to hang out with good influences? And it's the reality because God knows, right, that, that, that our friends, the people we surround ourselves with, have the ability to direct us, to influence us, to mold, to change us. And so in return for Samson's parents following God and and for Samson following God and all these principles and rules, God blessed Samson with incredible strength. In fact, some of the stories are absurd if you read them. Um, one, for instance, is uh, he rips the head off of a lion. I say this often, like, I can barely open a pickle jar. Like, this guy's ripping the head off lions. Um, one story, which is crazy, is uh, he, he beats like a, he, like, I don't know, kills a, he kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, and then goes and tries to conquer a city. He rips off the iron gates of the city wall, which weighed 2.5 tons, and then walks 20 miles uphill with them. What? All right, so he, he's yoked, right? He, he's, he's incredibly strong. And God not, just didn't give him strength. God was also saying to him, hey, I want you to be a leader of Israel. It was actually called a judge. His, his story actually is found in the book of Judges, I think starting in verse 14, um, if I remember correctly. But here's the reality. God gave this man incredible potential. I need you to see this. God gave this man, God has given you incredible potential. The, most, the, the reason that most people... I don't think end up where they want to end up in life is because they've surrounded themselves by the, with the wrong people. And those people have given them negative influences, has impacted them negatively, and so they don't reach their potential. They, they, they walk off the plan, the, the trajectory that God actually has for their life. And so something very similar exactly it happens to Samson. His story doesn't end this way. Kind of this, this guy who's supposed to be this incredible leader doesn't end up being this incredible leader. Instead of this happy ending, it's far more tragic, right? The, the hero becomes the zero. The guy who had all the potential in the world completely wasted. So we've got to ask the question. Just like when I'm sitting with students and their lives have gone astray, I ask the question, where'd the wheels come off? Well, well, what happened? How did you get to this place right here and now? And if you would have asked that to Samson, Samson, where'd the wheels come off? Well, you were supposed to be this incredible leader, this, this man with utmost potential. What happened? He would say the exact same words that I hear all the time. I had these friends. I had these friends, and they influenced me to start doing things. Now, the people that Samson started hanging out with were a group of people called the Philistines. And the Philistines, not like we know much about them, but the Philistines were uh, really, really bad people. 
Um, uh, yeah, they were just terrible people. I, I could go on and on and tell you how terrible they were, but they were just terrible, terrible, terrible people. And Samson was not supposed to be hanging out with these people. He was supposed to hang out, again, with the Hebrews, the, the, the Israelites. Now, Judges 14 kind of shares the account of Samson going to this place called Timnah. Now, when you think of Timnah, I want you to think of like Las Vegas, right? It's like, it's crazy, right? So it's party, central, it, it's crazy, right? And so uh, that's where he ends up going, and he goes on this long journey to Timnah for a very specific reason, to marry a girl. But this girl was not a Hebrew girl, it was a Philistine girl. Now, the Philistines hated Yahweh. That was the God that Samson followed. That was the Jewish God's name. And so he ends up going down and marrying this girl, a Philistine girl. His top 30 friends, they're all Philistines. His groomsmen, all Philistines. Even the guests at his wedding, they were all Philistines. Now, like I said, if the Hebrews were the people that Samson was supposed to hang out with, the Philistines were the people he was definitely not supposed to hang out with. And this is where, this is where Samson's life started to take a turn, where he abandoned his future for some friends. And so you fast forward to the end of Samson's life, and you have this man who's been blessed by God tremendously. And you find out that the end of his life ends really tragically. So you go to uh, Judges chapter 18, and it's the account of Samson's taking his own life. Here's what ends up happening. Samson, um, he ends up being uh, stripped of his strength. God takes his strength from him, and he ends up being enslaved um, by the Philistine king, kind of toyed around with him. He ends his hands strapped off to these posts that are holding the building up together, and then they have this, the Philistine army, come, uh, soldiers come up with spoons where they gouge his eyes out. And Samson's story ends with Samson actually committing suicide. We had to ask the question, right, how did that happen? And it happened because Samson started to hang out with the wrong crowd. They took him to the wrong places, and he ended up with the wrong principles. He ended up with the, the wrong morals, the wrong values, right? The wrong way to view the world around him and the wrong faith. And it literally took him off the path that he was created to be on. And I need, I need you to, like, understand that. So I share that story with you because that same thing that applied to Samson thousands of years ago is the very same thing that applies to you and I today, that your friends will never leave you the same. They will positively or negatively influence you. You get to choose who's going to be in your inner three or your inner five. Not all friends have the capacity to really change you, right? We have acquaintances. They're like people we see like once every however long. But the people that you actually hang out with, you would, you would say that you actually do life with, those are the people that have an incredible influence over your life. They change you. Are they changing you for better? Or are they changing you for worse? I remember the first day I moved in my new house when I was three. I uh, was in our moving truck. I ran out to the mo- uh, outside of the moving truck onto my, my lawn, my new lawn, and there was, a, was a, another little boy who was also three, and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Matt. I'm going to be your neighbor. And he said, hi, I'm Taylor. I live right there. And from that moment forward, I remember like, we became like, inseparable. We were like the best of friends, right? We would, we would, we would wake up early, hang out, and then you know, until the, until the streetlights came on, that's when I had to be home, right? And literally like every day, he was my best friend for, for 15 years. When we moved into a junior high, um, I noticed that Taylor was kind of becoming someone a little different. He started to hang out with a group of people, um, and eventually, I remember one day, he, he came to me, and we were in uh, seventh grade, and he said that he started selling party supplies. Like, like, you became a clown? Like, what do you mean, party supplies? And then he pulled out something from his pocket, and he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm selling weed. And I'm like, what's, what's weed? <laughs> what, is, what is this weed, right? Like, I got some in my backyard. Let's just, you know. Um, Party supplies. So we have party supplies. So you fast forward, right? And uh, he kind of really gets into that. He starts. He becomes like the largest drug party supplier at Lexington Junior High. And uh, <laughs> you fast forward a little bit, a little more, and he gets expelled from Lexington. He has to go to a continuation school. And there is where he started to really connect with some people that really altered, I think, his future. And so he quickly moved from that to start selling pills and eventually heroin and things along those lines. 
Now, a few weeks ago, I'm sorry, a few months back, I was able to kind of reconnect with, with, with him. And as I was connecting with him, I was reminding myself of this story. There was a moment where I remember talking with my mom, and I realized that if I stayed connected to Taylor, that he was my best friend, he was the person I spent the most amount of hours with and things along those lines, that my life wasn't going to turn out the way that I think God wanted my life to turn out. Right? And so I had to make a, a challenging decision. Right? Do, I, do I stay with my best friend for so many years, or do I begin, do I begin to put some boundaries in place? Right? Maybe that I, I don't say, I'm not going to be your friend anymore, but I had to put some healthy boundaries in place so that I didn't end up making some of the bad decisions he was making. So here's what I realized, and here's what you'll realize. One day, you'll come to a place where you're going to start realizing that you have drifted morally. So a lot of you know my story, right? So I started drinking in fifth grade. Um, I, I started drinking with Taylor, um, and you can only imagine what that would have looked like back when I was in junior high and high school. And he was the guy that was introducing me to these things. He was the guy that, 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 that would get the stuff and, and, all, and, and all that type of stuff. And so I started to realize that I became somebody. I started saying things I would never say or thought I would say. I started acting in ways that I never thought I would act towards my parents, towards teachers or coaches or whatever it may be. I realized that I started to drift kind of being that close to Taylor. And at that moment, I realized that I needed to get a new group of friends. I needed to surround myself with, with, with different people. And so, like I said, a few months back, I was able to connect with Taylor. And today, Taylor's a recovering heroin addict. And I can't communicate to you how much uh, uh, proud I am of him that he's been in and out of rehab, but he's been almost sober for a year, and, and I can't even imagine what that addiction um, is like, and so I'm so proud of him. But I tell you that story to really communicate this to you. That didn't have to be Taylor's story. That didn't have to be Taylor's story. But because Taylor started to surround himself at a young age with people that really negatively influenced him, that became the trajectory of his life. Don't fool yourself. Bad friends will destroy you. So what does that mean for you and, and me? Well, one, I wanna, I'm sharing these stories with you because I want to I save you from a life of wasted potential, like Samson's. And number two, I want to save you from having to say one day to your spouse, whoever it may be, I had these friends and that's why I act this way or that's why whatever it may be. And so let me shoot some of you straight real quick and we'll, we'll wrap up with this. Some of you right now in life, you are surrounded by the wrong friends. And maybe you convince yourself they're the right friends because they're Christians and things like that. But people can still be Christians and still be incredibly toxic. They can be unhealthy. They can have a negative view of church, of God, of being involved, of whatever it may be. And so some of you right now, you're surrounded by the wrong people. And it's the reason that it's so difficult for you to move forward in your faith. It's the reason that it's so difficult for you to break those habits that other people are breaking, but for some reason they, they enslave you. And it's the reason why your life isn't really changing. Well, your faith isn't growing, and it's because you're connected to the wrong friends. And I know that kind of sounds harsh, but I guess here's the question I would give to you, and I think I wrote it down for you guys, is this. Are my friends, here's the question I want you to ask yourself, are my friends, my top three to five, helping me grow closer to Christ, or are they pulling me away? Are they helping you grow closer, or are they pulling you away? If they're pulling you away, let me just be honest and upfront, they are the wrong friends. Because nothing is worth, no friendship is worth the sacrifice of a good future. And so, we'll wrap up giving, I'll give you two options. This was the, so years ago, when I first came to Seacoast, um, Cody, who's now my brother-in-law, but at the time he wasn't, and he was the high school pastor. And I remember walking in, and I started telling about my friends that I was hanging out with, and things along those lines, and all the stupid stuff I was doing. And here's what he gave me that I want to give to you that actually changed my life. He gave me two options. He said, number one, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. And most people do this. They do nothing. This is the option most people choose. And you will sacrifice your future for these friends. Is that something you want to do? 
and it will cost you in the end just like it costs Samson. Number one, you can do nothing. Most people, this is the option they choose. Or number two, you can begin to step back. You can evaluate right now those three to five friends, whoever they may be, ask the question, are these people helping me build up in, in faith or are they tearing down my faith? Now, this doesn't mean, right, that you leave the friendship, right? You have like a come to Jesus moment. It's like, I'm no longer hanging out with you on Tuesday night. You don't have to have this weird conversation, right? But it does mean that you start to put some boundaries in place between you and these people and so that you can begin to kind of just move your foot in one small direction the other way. Now, if I could communicate and one last thing for you guys would be this is the wrong friends will lead you to the wrong places and you'll become the wrong person. And so uh, if there would be anything that I'd want you to be aware of tonight, it would be I would ask you to look at your friends, the people that you're closest to. Yes, the people that call themselves Christians, the people that don't, whatever that may be. And ask, ask that question. In what ways are they altering the way that I view myself, the way that I view God, the way that I view church, the way that I view relationships, whatever it is? Is it negative or is it positive? Because your friends will never lead you the same. Let me pray for you guys. We'll hang out for a while. We have so much more food, but let me pray for us. God, today I thank you. And I thank you, God, for the story of Samson. I pray, Father, that everyone in here takes this to heart. May, may they be cognizant of the people in their lives that are leading them astray. And may God... With your wisdom and your eyes, may they see those people in their lives, the decisions, God, that they need to make. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Guys, stick around. We have